This is Science Moab, a show exploring the science happening in Southeast Utah and the Colorado Plateau. I'm Peggy Hodgkins, and today we are talking about a series of linear roads that were built around a thousand years ago all over the Four Corners area, but focusing on the Chaco Canyon region. We talk about the significance of these architectural monuments and how they are mapped out and why it's important to preserve them. The process for me has really been to get out on the roads and observe. Really, it's about going to roads again and again, visiting them repeatedly, and having an open mind about what sorts of places and phenomenon it, the road is articulating with. Today, we are talking with Rob Weiner, archaeologist, anthropologist, and student of religion, whose work centers around the Four Corners area and Chaco Canyon. He is finishing up his doctoral dissertation at the University of Colorado in Boulder, and his research focuses on monumental roads that the ancestors of the Pueblo and Diné people built around a thousand years ago here on the Colorado Plateau. So there have been people living in Chaco Canyon for, for uh, a very long time, from at least the archaic period into more recent times, 17, 1800s. But the main period that, that archaeologists usually focus on begins in the 800s till about 1200, which is when people were building this really incredible monumental masonry architecture, great house buildings of, of multiple stories aligned to the cosmos and these large roads. So usually people are focusing on this 800 to 1200 period, but, but there are people there before and after too. So with the building of these great houses were the construction of these, the system of roads. And they weren't minor structures. These things were averaging, what, uh, anywhere from one to nine meters across, big, huge structures. So when were the first of these roads actually found by, I guess, modern archaeology? We have a few accounts from the 1800s of sort of U.S. military expeditions noting these features. There's actually an amazing account of a one of the early uh, Mormon pioneers in Utah, a man named Albert Lyman, who uh, recorded finding Chacoan roads in the in the 1800s as well. But you know, the early archaeologists working in Chaco, specifically Neil Judd. He encountered some of these roads and, and he was talking to local Diné or Navajo people and they told him, oh yeah, there are these things all over the landscape. A very intriguing comment. One of the Navajo gentlemen that Neil Judd was talking to told him, this was in the probably about the 1920s, told Judd, they look like roads, but that's not really what they are. So that's always been one of the sort of most intriguing sentences, I, I feel in many ways, my, my research and my dissertation is really an attempt to bring to light some aspects of what, what that Navajo man was, was uh, hinting at. The, the largest research project on the roads took place in the 1970s with the Bureau of Land Management. This was a time period when there was the, the possibility for a lot of energy development in the San Juan Basin. This was around the time of the energy crisis. And proactively before any of that energy development was going to happen, the BLM had a team of archaeologists go out first to determine, are these roads even real? Are they pre-colonial ancient indigenous features? 
and, and then to document them. So that was all happening in, in the 1970s. And of course they found that they were in fact yeah. real ancient pre-colonial indigenous constructions. Were they looking at them with some sort of aerial photography? What were they using? So for a long time, I mean, throughout the entire time, archeologists have been studying these roads, seeing them from the air, seeing them from above has always been the best way to see them, especially early morning or late evening when light is raking across the roads, low angle sunlight really you know, pops them out with intense shadow enhancement. So the BLM was using a lot of aerial photographs in, in that study, aerial photography captured at low sun angles and also doing aerial reconnaissance where they would fly out in, in helicopters or small planes to see the roads from above. Is there any sort of pattern to these roads, any sort of symmetry around the Chaco area? I think it's really important we distinguish between at least two types of roads, one being regional roads. So there's the North Road, which goes 35 miles due north out of Chaco Canyon, the South Road that goes about you know, 35, 40 miles southwest out of Chaco Canyon, the West Road that goes approximately the same distance towards the Chusca Mountains, and so there are at least three of these regional roads that connect Chaco Canyon itself to the margins of the San Juan Basin. But most of the roads are actually these very short spoke-like segments at Chaco and Outliers. So Chaco uh, Ritual Monumental Architecture built outside the canyon in local communities. You have about 100 to 150 of Chaco style great houses within this huge region, the size of Ohio, you know, covering the four corners, all four corner states. Regional roads definitely center around Chaco, okay. but the smaller, so that North Road, South Road, West Road, those definitely emanate from Chaco and that's a, South, a San Juan Basin phenomenon. But in okay. terms of roads that started outliers and radiate out, those are found across a wide area, but the really long roads are centered on Chaco. What other links are found with, with these roads or obviously the extension of roads you can see? What, what are they linking to? It's a really exciting topic. I think one of the really important things we need to consider with roads is that there are different types of roads, that different roads leading to different sorts of destinations likely used for different practices and purposes. Certainly a strong association is that roads lead to special places on the landscape, sacred places on the landscape. Many roads lead to springs. Many roads lead to buttes or, or point towards prominent mountain peaks that we know are, are still sacred to many of the, the tribes in the area today. Sometimes roads will lead back to a building that had been depopulated hundreds of years before. So they'll build a road to a site that's no longer being used to connect buildings across eras. These, these were called by my uh, mentor and, and good friend, John Stein, time bridges. So time bridge roads. I have to say as well, you know, there's been a lot of discourse out there saying the roads don't connect the great houses. Well, well, certainly in some cases they do. We do have examples where roads do connect great houses. We could say another possible destination of roads are actually astronomical bodies, where the sun is going to rise or set, say, on, on the summer solstice or the winter solstice. 
really, I think the best way to say it is that roads lead to places of power, uh, religious power, spiritual power, places on the landscape that are seen as special, sacred, and, and full of blessings. You know, it's always a challenge that we refer to these things as roads, because in, in some ways they are, I think, roads, but we bring so much uh, baggage from our contemporary culture of economic trade and um, transportation and efficient movement. And the Chacoan roads are, are much, I think they're being used for movement by people, but of a much more specialized and, and religious sort. So you've you've used the term linear roads. Are all these roads linear? One of the aspects of Chacoan roads that has been really striking to to folks is how linear they are. They're so arrow straight or sunbeam straight is the way I've been saying it recently. You know something is a Chacoan road for two reasons. One, it's extremely wide. As you were saying earlier, they average about nine meters, which is 30 feet wide, extreme width that you really don't need for any economically utilitarian reason. You know, there are no carts in the ancient, you know, ancestral four corners society. There are no pack animals. So you don't need a 30 foot wide road. This is an expression of power. This is a, an expression of importance. It's monumentality. So when you're looking at an aerial photo, you know, it's a Chacoan road because it has that incredible width and it has that sunbeam straight linearity. And in contrast, if you're looking at a historic road or a wagon trail, it, it winds around. It comes to a topographic obstacle and it, it goes, you know, it veers around it. Chacoan roads go straight up cliffs. They go straight up mesas. There's an amazing example of a place I was on the South Road. I was just out there a couple of weeks ago where the road comes to this little mesita butte and it goes straight up over the top. Hmm. Not something you would expect with a with a road that's you know being used economically and energetically optimal commerce, right? <laughs> right? These roads have primarily been identified through aerial mapping. But what, if anything, can you find on the ground to identify these roads? Often nothing. One of my close colleagues, Rich Friedman, he calls it the art of Zen archaeology. Sometimes you can see a swale, so you know, a linear depression. Sometimes you will see a vegetation change because roads were created by being, you know, just being excavated, dug into the earth, water would pool in there. And so sometimes you get differential vegetation growth, either different species or different density within the channel of the road. Another thing you can do is what, what we call caliche up. So because the roadbeds were excavated and the spoils were piled off to the side, sometimes you can find a roadbed even where there's no topographic expression. You'll find linear scatters of pebbles with caliche, the you know, um, calcium deposits that occurs on, naturally on the underside of rocks you know, when they're buried. When you dig them up and toss them off to the side, sometimes that caliche coating appears on the top because you've dug it from underground and tossed it. So sometimes you find these lines of caliche up rocks on, you know, about 30 feet apart in linear lines. And that's an example of an area that was an excavated roadway that has since filled in. One of the most 
intriguing signs of a road on the ground are these linear trails of pottery too, you know, pieces of pots. And what's really fascinating is it's pieces of these pots don't fit back together. They're from different vessels and it really appears like what's happening is people are breaking pots and then taking those uh, sherds, those broken pieces and scattering them as they walk along the road. We talked earlier about how an aerial perspective and low angle light is key in distinguishing these roads. I wanted you to talk a bit about the LIDAR technology and how that's being used present day to identify these Chacoan roads. Absolutely. LIDAR stands for Light Detection and Ranging and has been one of the most incredible tools for Chacoan Roads research ever, (laughs) and certainly within recent times. In simplest terms is basically a laser pointer on the bottom of an aircraft, and that laser shoots down millions of laser pulses. And there's a sensor that records how long it takes that laser hitting the ground surface to return back to the plane. And the plane is also recording its its XY coordinates within geographic space. The end result of these millions and millions of points is is what's called a point cloud, which is a, a highly accurate model of the ground surface derived from these lasers shooting down from this plane and, and measuring the time it takes them to bounce back up. One of the great strengths of LIDAR is that because it's shooting down so many pulses, if there's vegetation on the ground, some of those pulses are going to you know, find a way through the vegetation, which then can filter out basically everything except for the points that got down the furthest and then essentially strip away the vegetation and then create what's called a bare earth model so that you can, you know, this is how they're discovering cities in the jungle and so forth. You can literally strip away the vegetation and see the bare ground surface, and that is extremely helpful for seeing Chaco and Rhodes. What's also helpful is once you have that bare earth model within a digital environment using geographic information system software or GIS, you can manipulate the angle and the azimuth of light on the image. So you can say, I want a really low sun angle coming in from the north on this image of the ground surface and then those roads pop out beautifully and you can create sun angles that would never exist in nature right the sun rises in the east sets in the west never in nature are you going to have the sun a low sun angle from due north but you can do that on the computer in the digital environment and find roads that you never could have seen with traditional methods so lidar has been a really powerful tool There is a sense of urgency in trying to document these Chacoan roads. I wanted to ask you a bit about, you know, why it's important to document these uh, as soon as possible. Working with Chacoan roads is absolutely a race against time. The roads are disappearing every day, mainly through natural processes of erosion and deposition. So especially with grazing on the landscape. The vegetation gets taken away, the soils become unstable. When the wind blows, it's really easy for these roads, which were these depressed linear channels to fill in. Even without grazing, it's gonna happen. This is just part of the natural cycle of things, but roads are disappearing. There are segments that could be seen easily on the ground with bare eyes in the 1980s that are now completely invisible. 
So it is a race against time. You know, much of the Chaka world has been scanned with LIDAR. And so we have a digital quantitative record of the current surface remains of Chaco and Rhodes as of the early yeah. 2020s. That is really important, but it's also important that we try and take the next step that we have this really good digital record of the roads, but where are they going? What do they mean? How are they being used? And, and I think to really inspire the, the motivation to preserve and protect these landscapes and these roads, talking about their significance and their meaning and their use and their place within the culture is a key part of that the American public will be much more inspired to protect the roads by understanding the, the histories they can tell and the roles they played in the cultures and the significance they continue to hold today for descendant peoples. Well, Robert, thanks for talking with Science Moab and wow, opening my eyes to all these issues surrounding these roads and Chaco culture. Hey, it's been really fun. Thanks for having me. To learn more or listen to other Science Moab episodes, visit sciencemoab.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Our theme music is by Jeremy Spaulding, and the show is produced by Peggy Hodgkins, Christina Young, and KZMU. If you love Science Moab, let us know. Leave a rating on Spotify or a review on iTunes. And consider supporting Science Moab by donating to the podcast at sciencemoab.org. This programming is unique to Moab, Utah, and your support makes it possible.